Would you mind reading our first passage, Cheryl? No, you're mixing so it up. So I'm going to mix it up. Yes. yes. Philippians 2, 17 and 18. One of, one of the things, though, and the reason we, we started with um, verse 17 mm-hmm. is because, you know, Paul has just been talking about the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as we go into the next day, day two, he's going to show us two men who exemplify mm-hmm. that mind. Mm-hmm. So unless, you know, because there would be those reading who would think, oh, the mind of Christ is not attainable. So he's going to start out by showing this is what it looks like practically. Mm-hmm. So we'll get Excellent. there. I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how does he describe his present sufferings? A drink offering or a sacrificial service. Mm -hmm. It's funny, that's also, it's interesting, we talked a couple weeks ago about like um, the idea of the ship sailing, like departing, and now the drink offering, those are both in 2 Timothy, when he is actually about to die. He uses those same illustrations. I just found that kind Mm -hmm. of interesting, like that's a constant theme. And it's interesting how many offerings in the Old Testament in Leviticus required um, wine being poured over Mm -hmm. or on top of them. And they weren't the sacrifice, but they were... Um, an enhancement to the sacrifice. It would add to the aroma. Mm-hmm. And wine actually tenderizes meat mm-hmm. and gives this um, flavor to meat. So he's saying, I'm just there to be just poured out right. to enhance the mm. flavor of mm. the sacrifice of Christ. Sweet. What Christ has already done to, uh, to help it to smell, to... Um, be received, yeah. mm-hmm. to be edible. Mm-hmm. You know, and isn't that sometimes what we want to do? We want to make the word of God so edible, yeah. so yeah. receivable. So, mm-hmm. yes. Another thing Attractive. I saw too with that was that a drink offering has no reserves. He's not yes. holding anything That's back. Right. It's like Indeedle. you can't just give a little and then take some back. It's like once it's poured out, it's completely surrendered Mm -hmm. yeah and so that's how he lived his life just completely surrendered and all the alcohol is burned out (laughs) (laughs) there's a little perk there and 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 the fact that he wanted them to rejoice with him in it i thought just Mm -hmm. wow that's interesting like you you know you participating in this pour yourselves out too i think that's what that was what i got from the translation in the nlt i think like just kind of clarifying all of that it's like, mm-hmm. hey guys, this is this is exciting that we get to do this, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, what a perspective. And that's like question three, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, be glad and rejoice. Mm-hmm. I don't want you know. It's like, don't cry for me, Argentina. It's like, don't wait, don't cry, yeah. because if I die, I'm going to heaven, mm-hmm. and I want there to be such a rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Like, be glad for me. I remember when my aunt went to heaven. And she was having a stroke, and she threw her arms up as far as she could, and she said, hallelujah, because she's like, I'm on my way. And the one thing she didn't want is like weeping, and I was crying for her. She was 84, Mm -hmm. and I'm crying, and Brian said to me, oh, yeah, bring EC back with her arthritis and with all of her ailments. Bring her back to earth. That's what you would do. Mm -hmm. And he was helping me to recognize how selfish it is. Mm -hmm. When she's in glory and glorified, my aunt used to collect angels. She especially liked the angels with like slingshots in their back pockets. She was a little bit of a rascal. And to realize she's where she's always wanted to be. Mm. And that's what Paul's saying. If I'm poured out, I've done what I've always wanted to do. I'm where I've always wanted Mm -hmm. to be. And and it's interesting too, because we think of Philippians as the book of joy, but it's like, well, 
It's not always like joy in the context that we would naturally think. Like, oh yeah, rejoice, just all this, the gospel's right. going out, we're having a great time, we're in fellowship. It's like, well, there's also joy in these surprising, in a surprising context here. Like, I think that would probably, if that was me reading it, I'd be like, rejoice with you in this, are you sure? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just shows that joy is for all circumstances mm -hmm. and contexts. Well, and too, then, that's living our life by faith. It's not yeah. by our circumstances, yeah. but it's really living by faith. Mm -hmm. you, know, mm -hmm. you know what I got out of this, too, is that Paul's not a martyr. Like, he's not yeah. like going, I have suffered mm -hmm. so much for you while you've been living your lives. I'm here in prison suffering mm -hmm. for Jesus. Right. You know, he doesn't do that. He says, everything that I've endured, you've endured too. Mm -hmm. I have felt your presence. I have felt your prayers. And I've put it to your account as well as my account. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about the generosity of, of what Paul's doing, like we're equals. Yeah, You're, you're mm -hmm. in this with me because you're praying and because yeah. uh, you're supporting. And I love Good. the unity that he's exhibiting, that he mm. doesn't exclude the Philippians yeah. in his suffering and he doesn't blame the Philippians. He includes, blesses them and says his joy, his reward, his work is also theirs. Yeah, That's pretty special. That's good. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. What were you um, well, my takeaway of his example was just how he was like a good shepherd, caring about mm. their um, their best interest and their spiritual growth, not like a hireling. Like a hireling would have just bailed at the first sight of suffering, but he was in there to see them grow. And, um, you know, we just finished that part about not complaining or grumbling. And so he's setting mm. this perfect example of this is what a shepherd does. That's he leads great. by example mm -hmm. of not grumbling, but just acceptance with joy. Is yeah. Yeah. it made me yeah. think of. And you know, I hate to say this, but I think right now is such a good time to show an example. Mm -hmm. Because, yes. and I hate to say this, but the office of president used to be that you could look at an example mm -hmm. of integrity. You could look at an example of class. You could look at an example of dignity. Mm -hmm. And I think ever since the 60s, we have been losing that yeah. example. I mean, there have been some mm -hmm. yeah. um, standouts. But I think right. how important it is for mm -hmm. pastors... Uh, for those who call themselves Christians to show examples. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I, I was thinking to um, just it, kind of what you guys were already saying, what we've already been saying yeah. about the perspective and all of that. And I thought of um, the story of, I don't know if I've shared it before, but uh, the early church martyr Perpetua, uh, who mm -hmm. you know gave her life for the gospel um, during the Roman... Perpetua? Is it Perpetua? I always say Perpetua because that's that'd be the America way to... Yeah, the American way to do it or English way, anglicized. Um, but, you know, she said when she was in prison, because she wrote the first, like, autobiography, really, ever written by a woman. She wrote it from prison up until the time that she was executed. And she said that she saw her prison as a palace at one point. And a historian was writing about this, and he said that she was an example for, uh, of how, for a believer, external conditions in the final analysis are not as important as our attitude toward them. Mm. And, and then just really how Paul exemplifies that. I mean, you, it, really, it really isn't so much about the circumstances. Right. And I realized, like, I was thinking of my own life, and there are certain things where there are stresses and fears that you know, you can't avoid, if you get in a car accident, of course you're gonna be afraid. But there's, there's so much pain. stress and anxiety and fear that we bring on ourselves because we don't have the right attitude or perspective mm -hmm. towards our circumstances. Well, and I was just like, my goodness. are really, uh, you know, afraid of this election. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some that yeah. are afraid either way it goes. Yeah. And it's a spirit of fear. And I found that this election too, like all the flyers that I'm getting in my mailbox, 
are like, don't vote for that person because he's really bad. It's all about fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And instead of saying, vote for me because I'm going to do this and this and this and that, it's like, don't vote because they're so bad. It's like, it's like a Halloween election, you know? <laughs> like, don't, don't vote for the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. Go for the Wicked Witch of the East. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it keeps making me think too of Moses and the children of Israel. How you know here they were. He rescued them out of this bad situation, but then as soon as they get into the wilderness, they're complaining and they're wandering around in the wilderness. And I sort of feel like right now this whole COVID thing, it feels like we're wandering in the wilderness mm. and we're going in circles and continuing to wander. And there's this sort of like underlying anxiety because it's like, where are we going? Aren't we supposed to be going someplace else, but we're not? And Moses had to lead in the midst of this Mm. with them complaining and he didn't complain. And with integrity, right? Yes, and with integrity. And so what an example that was of just, that again is just walking by faith and not by sight because he couldn't see the end from the beginning. It sort Mm. of still looked like a circle, but walking, trusting God, and walking by faith. Actually, yeah, and I think, yeah, like you're saying, like walking by faith and not by sight, that was kind of my overall takeaway was that Paul could rejoice like this because he didn't hold so tightly to this world, Mm -hmm. you know, by faith. He was thinking of eternal things. And so he's like, I can count it joy if I'm being poured out. This life doesn't matter unless I'm investing in others in the kingdom and the gospel for for the Lord's sake. And And so just to have that loose hold made it, enabled him to do that. And that so. perspective can totally help us right now yeah. with what we're oh, facing. huge. Yeah. 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 All right. You guys ready to move on to day two? Okay. Verses 19 and 20. Jasmine, do you mind reading that? Oh, I'm so thrown off. It's my turn now. Okay. <laughs> Gotta be ready. <laughs> All right. I know. I like that. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we see Paul is trusting the Lord Jesus. So what are some of your thoughts or takeaways from these two verses? Well, first of all, I went back to Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. I knew you would. (laughs) Um, To the the call of when Timothy Uh first joined himself to Paul Mm -hmm. and how he was recommended by the brethren. But as I was doing this in in this Bible, which is a CSB, um, I happened upon this article on women of influence. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how Lois and Eunice from um, Mm -hmm. 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, verses uh, 1 through 5 how it was his grandmother and his mother's mm-hmm. faith that really was instilled in Timothy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of times like a mom, like, oh, my husband's not a Christian or right. my husband's not. his dad not, was a Greek, so his right. dad was not a believer. Right, and, but yet in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, Paul says, from a child, mm-hmm. you have known mm-hmm. the Holy Scriptures, yeah. which are able to make you wise to salvation. Mm-hmm. And this article credited those women with instilling in Timothy the Holy Scriptures, oh. and that he grew up in these Holy Scriptures to the point that when Paul came to Lystra, everyone in that fellowship said, you have got to meet Timothy. We want mm-hmm. you to take Timothy and disciple him. And Paul became the father yeah. that probably the Greek father right. never was to Timothy. And I and so Paul had said in the beginning, he served like a son with me. Mm-hmm. And so he can recommend and he can send Timothy um, to the Philippians. Mm. 
and this is what he plans, and again, to find out how they work, because he trusted the word of Timothy. Timothy mm-hmm. would give him the straight story. Mm-hmm. You know, and we saw that earlier that he had sent him to the uh, Thessalonians in Acts, you see, mm-hmm. to check on their estate after this persecution had come after Paul had ministered there. He sends Timothy back. And so Timothy would go and check on the people. And he, but I was thinking also, like, talk about a, um, uh, a baptism by fire. Mm-hmm. As soon as he yeah. joined himself with Paul in Lystra, you, you know, Paul's like, no, we can't go into Asia. You know, the spirit forbids, the way is blocked. He gets this vision of Macedonia. They go to Philippi, and like Timothy is probably just looking back, like, oh my goodness, right. I didn't know this is what I signed up for. Right. That Paul gets put in prison with Silas, mm-hmm. and you know, what is Timothy doing then? Is he hanging out at Lydia's house just praying? Like, uh, you know, Paul and Silas, they didn't know what would happen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's like, he's just joined himself. Right. And I wonder what his expectation had been mm-hmm. to be with the apostle Paul. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is it, baptism by fire. Yeah. And then, of course, we know that the Philippian jailer got saved and just, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just had, like, really, I didn't, have all that on this day. Good job, guys. <laughs> I know you did the acts thing. Like and drew almost all that. word for word, some of the things you Oh, said. really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, the, really the only thing, just being honest here, full disclosure, you know, I get those days where you're like, wait, I don't know what to write here. But uh, one, the one thing that stuck out to me was the word sincerely and just uh, sincerely care for your state and in the new yeah. living that's genuinely. Yep. And I was just thinking about... Um, yeah, like the depth of, of real care that Timothy had. Um, mm-hmm. Not just like, hey, how's it going? And then walk away. I remember I, I, uh, when I was working uh, at the Bible College several years ago, some of the um, students from Europe, they were really taken aback when they talked to Amer- Americans at, the, at first because we say like, hey, how's it going? And then walk away. And they're ready to have a full-on conversation with you. Like, oh, how's it going? Well, I had a hard time in class today. They want to talk. And, and we're just like, okay, bye. And so it's just something to say without any depth behind it. And I was thinking, man, to actually, you know, sit down and talk and care, that's um, sometimes easier said than done because we kind of just, as a culture, you know, we move on to the next thing and it's harder to invest in when you're like in a time-oriented culture like we are. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a good reminder to me, like, yeah. wow, the sincere, the sincere, genuine care. And they knew it. They knew that Timothy wasn't just like, Hi, bye, I, I kind of care about you, but right. I also have other things to do. Right. <laughs> or I want to give a really good report to so make it look good. Yes, yeah. and a lot of people do that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so. That's I good. also saw, it. we just talked earlier in chapter two about Jesus, who being in the form of God did not um, use it for exploitation. Mm-hmm. And I thought how Timothy did not go to exploit the Philippians. And you know, Paul had talked to, again in chapter one, there are those who see my imprisonment and they're like, oh, you know, now I can come into my own. Yeah. You know, and they're doing it for envy or, you know, spite. Mm-hmm. You know, like, now this is my turn because he's, Pulls you know, in prison yeah. and finally I'll get my name on the roster. Yeah. And he did not exploit the situation. He knew that Timothy would not exploit the Philippians or exploit the situation. And yeah. I thought, boy, That's a good point. That, that means so much to send somebody mm-hmm. who's so unified in heart and mind as Jesus was with God. 
And so Timothy and Paul are showing that same unity mm. of mind and spirit. Mm. Yeah. Well, and showing their character too. Yeah. And, and like later when it says, I'll just say this part now, because I had it in my notes for verse 22, when he says he was like a son. Mm-hmm. And a son looks like his father, mm-hmm. right? So there was, there was such a connection between Paul and Timothy. I'd never really thought about that before. Like the, you know, mm-hmm. like-mindedness and they looked alike even in how they served. Not like, you know what I mean? Twinning, yes, but, but you yeah. can tell, like, um, that one, a master is like his yeah, servant. Yeah. And so he became like his yes. master. Excellent. All right, you guys ready to move on? I am. Day three, verses 21 through 24. Angie, would you read that? Um, I would love to. Thank you. <laughs> For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. And so here we're seeing the mindset of Jesus and the mindset of Timothy in contrast to the mindset of those who seek their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are the differences that you see here? It's kind of, I wrote the same thing that I wrote the day before. Uh (laughs) Again, that he didn't, he was... You know, again, Jesus was equal with God, but did not exploit it. But he emptied himself and he served humbly and obedient to God. And that Timothy was going to answer to Paul and he was serving humbly. You know, he went in again, the genuine, and then um, others served their best interest. But Timothy sought what was best for the Philippians and for the cause of Christ. Yeah. I, I think I kind of, yeah, expounded on the same things from the day before, but I was thinking about the caring selflessly again, and yeah. um, that just how, I, I can do that for a few people in my life, like, no, really, just being honest and self-assessing, like, you can, like, I can really give all, but to be able to, since, like, to honestly, truly do that for a whole group of believers, even mm-hmm. people maybe you didn't know that well, because it's not like he was besties with every single person, you know? Just to be able people that complain even. Yes, and to be able to really sincerely care for an entire group. I was like, wow, that is really a challenge. But that's how, I mean, that's really when Jesus says they'll know you by your love for one another. The fact that that is present in in the Christian. And it's true, I can say, you know, people I don't know very well or meet, there is a connection there in Christ. And that's why people see the difference. It's like, wait, why do you care for those people? You don't hardly know them. Mm -hmm. But... uh, you it know. was like Leone, Leona was saying yesterday how that she was like kind of thought weirded out by Calvary because everyone called each other sister and brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and wish we gotta take we gotta start bring that it again. Back. Yes, go I go ahead, Sister true. Jasmine. Yeah, <laughs> Sister Angie. That's uh-huh. so funny. I love it, but that was the sincerity yeah. that does, is not in the world yeah. to have that kind of care. Well, I should it, probably go daughter Angie, daughter. Oh. <laughs> it makes me think too of the shepherd mentality too. Like they were truly caring for the state of the mm. people. Timothy was, yep, Paul was. And one of the things I took away was just that it cost Paul something to let Timothy go and minister to the Philippians. Like, mm-hmm. it, um, mm. you know, maybe they thought that he should have come himself. But so he's sending Timothy, he's sending his best. But it mm. cost him because then Timothy wasn't there ministering to him and encouraging him and supporting him. Ooh, and bringing him food. I'm talk more about that with the yeah. That's good. Yes. I'm glad you saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, one, other, one other thought, just the fact that he trusted um, the Lord. I know that's such a mm-hmm. simple thing. I don't, what verse was that in? That was in there somewhere. 23. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. trust in the Lord, I shall, oh, myself 24. shall come to you. Well, whatever it was. Yeah. But I, I know that's really simple, 24. but I was just like, that was kind of a cool reminder to me. Like, 
Paul didn't, Paul was human. He didn't know the future constantly. You know, he didn't know. He just trusted that the, in the Lord that he would be able to come to them shortly. So he was just human like us. He didn't have like everything already known to him and revealed. He had to trust yeah. God too in some of those things with his future plans and to really give those to the Lord, you know? Yeah. So. Don't you think this is like so appropriate for where we're at? Because we have Absolutely. no way of knowing yeah. how the election no. is going. Dude, one week right. from now? Yeah, it's just, who knows? You know, and we just have to trust the Lord. Absolutely. And I, I yep. think this is so, so good for us that our trust is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not in a person. It's not in a system. Yeah. It's got to ultimately be in the Lord. And you think about the Bible shows you um, how believers are to behave under adversity and in the um, variables of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when things are um, unsteady. I mean, you think about... You know, when Jesus came, it was Roman oppression, and the religious system was so corrupt, and Jesus was saying, look at me, look mm-hmm. at me. Yep. And so always, God is pointing us not to utopia on earth, but the utopia that's in his presence. Yes, yep. absolutely. Uh, and that shows the proven character mm-hmm. as we allow you know, God to cultivate the mind of Christ in our hearts mm-hmm. and develop our character, then we can do that. Like that's taking it and actually putting it into action. That's having our faith with works yeah. and living it out. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, ready to move on to day four? Already, wow, we're flying. Unless you want to add anything. No. Okay. I did, you know what? I had a little shout out for Cher down here. I don't know where she is, she's over there somewhere. Just, I thought of like with the trusting in the Lord, how she always says, your will, your way, your time. Like that comes back to me mm-hmm. all the time because I think that's just, yep. Your will, your way, your time. You have to just constantly mm-hmm. be in that place. And so that's good. It's like a little, anyways. And then for me, I just play that out with just reading Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trusting in the Lord with all your heart oh. and not mm-hmm. leaning or trusting on my own understanding, the things yes. I understand or that I can control, but in all my ways, looking to Him and letting oh, Him yeah. direct my Huge. steps. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I needed that reminder. Me too. So thank you. Anyways, I know. So I just... It's like we're sheep. The Lord knows. We need to be in his yeah. word and be reminding ourselves and speaking truth to That's ourselves. Good. I need to go back in the back and pray now that Angie said that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm your, just kidding. I was reading Tim Keller's um, book on suffering. And one of the things he says is he said, we need to preach to ourselves, mm-hmm. not listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Boy, so true. Because when you listen to yourself, sometimes like, like what about you? What about yeah. you? What about you? And you're like, ah. But when we preach to ourselves, we're like, God's taking care of you. Yes. Jesus is for you. And I just, because he kind of, you know, belabored the difference mm. between listening to yourself and preaching mm-hmm. to yourself. That's really I just good. read this really great book called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. <laughs> I know, right? And Perfect it's the title. stopping the spiral thoughts, but that's what it is. It's taking our thoughts captive and saying, okay, yes, if I keep replaying this thought in my head, I'm going to end up just down in the sewer. But if I stop yeah. that thought right there, take it captive, then I have to choose to say a, a different thought. And so that's preaching to ourselves. It's yeah. taking scripture, taking these truths that right. we know are true and preaching them to ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. Such a good truth. That's yeah. great. Yeah, okay, excellent. Cheryl, would you mind reading verses 25 and 26? See, I kind of thought you were going to ask me mm-hmm. the way we were going. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. 
Okay. I love all the descriptions of mm -hmm. Epaphroditus. Mm -hmm. Brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, and a messenger and a minister to my needs. Mm -hmm. What stands out to you from these descriptions? Um, I, I liked fellow soldier. It reminded me. Oh, hey. How that? <laughs> it reminded me of... Um, my parents, I think I probably, a lot of people probably know that because they're, they're missionaries over in the UK. And years ago, when they were at um, Calvary Westminster, right after Brian and Cheryl left, actually, you guys mm -hmm. were like ships that pass in the mm -hmm. night. So my parents came in right after you guys moved back to the States. And they said it was this, this really sweet season there at the church where everybody felt like they were in a war during the week out in the world. And when they came together, there was the camaraderie of like, soldiers in, that were like a little bit battle, you know, battle weary coming together. And so the fellowship was so sweet during that season when they'd come together for midweek study or for Sunday or Sunday mornings or whatever. And people just wanted to stay together all day, which is what they would do. Everybody just camp out and go to that pizza hut down the road and just hang out. Um, but that was because they were just like, man, we're, we're in a battle, and, but these are my fellow soldiers and I can come together with them and then be recharged to go back out again. And so mm. I don't know that picture. We used to go to Sainsbury's and everyone would get like sandwiches and stuff and we'd go to St. James Park and we'd have these big picnics during the summer. But it was true. I mean, I mm. remember mm. 21 people one time followed us all around London because they didn't want to leave us. Yeah. And it was our kids, wow. our whole family and 21 others because they were like sheep. Yeah. And they were like, don't leave me. Don't, don't make yeah. me go well, back into that world. It is, <laughs> it is, yeah. but that's good. My favorite was um, minister to my need. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about being a coworker and a brother means no man left behind. And that we look for the disenfranchised. We look for the person who feels like, um, who we haven't seen in church for a while. Mm -hmm. And we call and we make sure they're all right. And Epaphroditus had to go seek out Paul. Mm. He had to go to prison to find Paul. Mm. And I was just thinking about sometimes the places we have to go in order to minister. Mm. And the situations, he made himself uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the association, I mean, he could have been arrested. He could have been yep. um, you know, persecuted for seeking out Paul. Sure. But yeah. as a minister, he was willing to do whatever he needed to do to help Paul. Mm -hmm. And that just spoke to me. It was so convicting, mm -hmm. you know? I was encouraged, too, just by, like, how um, he was described. So here he probably took a monetary gift as well as, like, other things right. that Paul needed from Philippi and the Philippian church to... <laughs> yeah, probably a casserole, Lydia's casserole. <laughs> And, um, you know, here he's coming and he has this mission to do, but then in a sense he fails in his mission because he gets sick almost unto death. Mm -hmm. And so how discouraged he must have felt that I haven't completed my mission, I've failed the church of Philippi. And yet Paul is reaffirming him and saying, no, you're my brother, you're my fellow worker, mm -hmm. you're ministering to me. And how encouraging that must have been to him. Like, and obviously that he was a blessing to everyone he came in contact with, even if if he didn't accomplish the thing that he set out to do in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think kind of bouncing off of that, um, and this was what stood out to me really in this whole section. Uh, well, one of the things that stood out was just the humanity of Paul mm -hmm. and that he needed friends too, you know, just like anybody else. Like he, you know, he needed that encouragement and saw mm -hmm. Epaphroditus in that way because Paul dealt with a lot of backstabbing, a lot of abandonment, you know, all of that. But the Lord would provide these little gems like Epaphroditus and just 
sweet how the Lord ministered and provided for him. Yeah. I love that. You know, going through a period of rejection, too, makes you so thankful for those mm. who will associate with you. And Paul in chapter mm. one talked about those who, you yeah. know, weren't associating yeah. with him. So it makes those who do associate even so much more precious, especially this man that risks his life. Yeah. You know, it's dangerous. Obviously, it was debilitating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was sacrificial. It was humiliating. And yet he was willing, and it was uncomfortable. I mean, think about how right. far he had to travel mm. to get to Paul. Uh, they say it was 500 miles from mm. Philippi to Rome. And, you know, travel, it's so not it's like you've got a train then. or yeah, a bus. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, you Rock know, and, and as you hot. said, probably expensive. Mm-hmm. And then again, to get sick, you know. And I love the fact that when he got sick, he was, like, not thinking about his, like, I'm so sick, you know. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about the Philippians. Oh, I don't want them to be discouraged. I don't want them to be upset or to think that, you know, I didn't get the things to Paul or that they're not ministering to Paul because I failed. He's worried about the Philippians and not his own estate. And that goes back to the mind of Christ, who is in, you know, Timothy had that mindset. Um, He's thinking about... um, their estate and not his own, mm-hmm. which shows us again Jesus, who being in the form of God, humbled himself, became obedient even unto death. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is exactly what we see with Epaphroditus, mm-hmm. that he stayed with the mission even yes. unto death. Yeah. 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 Who thinks that way? When you're yeah. sick, you're like me. Uh-huh. I mean, really, I mean, I don't know, I am. Maybe you guys are wonderful, but I just, yeah. I, yeah, that is such an unnatural mm-hmm. way to think mm-hmm. in, the, in the human you know, Yeah, and he was realm. contrasted to those that were seeking their own self-interest, mm-hmm. and he was completely opposite. Yeah. What an example. Yes, that's awesome. And then and, for my takeaway, yeah. I put that things don't always work out as planned. Mm. And the Philippians sent um, Epaphroditus to minister to Paul, but it was Paul who had to minister to Epaphroditus. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe Paul needed to minister to somebody, Mm -hmm. to feel like it was, you know. Purpose in his chains. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was thinking about how that, you know, sometimes when we go someplace, we think, this is what I'm gonna do, and this is, and things go just. Yeah. That's what everybody says about short-term mission trips. It's like, I'm way more blessed than, you know, than, you know, than they were, I'm sure. So, yeah. But it was through his kind of debilitation and his sickness that his true character showed. Mm-hmm. And would his true character, this self-giving, sacrificial uh, co-worker, all of this shown if he had just come in and given the gift and been so strong and ministered yeah. to Paul. But it's sometimes in our weakness that mm. the best traits of our character show. Mm-hmm. And that's when the real true person shows. Yeah. Not in your strength. But in your weakness, you see what a person is really made of. Well, and like last week, last week we were talking about fit for the master's use and that oh, picture that of being, yeah, mm. me too, about being that vessel that God can use, that cracked pot that he can shine through. And so like, you know, in our weakness, that's where his strength yeah, shines exactly. through. exactly. The spirit can actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and my biggest takeaway from today was um, just the picture of the church being the body of Christ, how if one part suffers, we all suffer. If one hurts, we all hurt. And just how we need each other. Mm. Like Paul needed Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus needed Paul. The church needed each other. And yeah. like so much right now, we need each other. That's really good. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big theme from this whole section, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. the body life. Yeah. Yes. You see that. Yeah. The, the unity. 
what yes. happens when, you know, our bodies have 12 different systems. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we have 12 different systems. So your cells make up organ organs and your organs work in systems mm -hmm. and you have 12 mm -hmm. different systems in your body that all have to work in cooperation. And, you know, it's interesting that it's 12, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. you have 12 throughout. Tribes, 12 um, disciples. disciples. Mm -hmm. But these systems all have to work together to make your body function. Mm. And they all do different things. Mm. And in right. the body of Christ here, all our cells are doing different things, but we're all working and we're creating an organ. And this organ, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, mm. is part of a system. Right. But this system needs to work with the other godly systems mm. so that we can be the body of Christ to the world. Yeah. The whole church. The whole mm -hmm. church. So good. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to day five, verses 27 and 28. All right. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Okay. okay. Do you have any observations about either Epaphroditus, or God, or Paul? the humanity of Paul again, mm -hmm. um, that he even admitted, like, I mean, it would have been sorrow upon sorrow. This it, Almost like it would have been too much mm -hmm. for me to handle if Epaphroditus had died. I mean, I just would have been, you know, it, again, I just think that that's important because so often we can get a lofty view of the Apostle Paul and like, True. whoa, impervious to everything. And he just never cared. He just went out there, face set as flint. It's like, no, he had like mm -hmm. needs and cares and, you know, was sorrowful about mm -hmm. things. What about this too? Epaphroditus is totally in the will of God. Mm. He's totally mm -hmm. doing the will of God. Yeah. But he gets sick. Yeah. And somehow we think if we're totally in the will of God, we're impervious to yes. suffering. Yeah. We're impervious to pain. Yeah. We'll move forward. Yeah. We're fine. only going to yeah. have success. We're only going to have prosperity. But yeah. Or some people even think that when they get saved, that it's going to be this easy road, easy right. life. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's doing everything right. Epaphroditus uh -huh. is doing everything right. He's got a proven character. But he's so sick mm. that he almost dies. Yeah. I mean, that's really, mm -hmm. really sick. I mean, that's like the worst COVID that's, case ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's respirator. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Care. And he's that sick. And he's not in a place where he's known or has a lot of help. And it's probably that Paul nursed him in prison. Mm -hmm. So Epaphroditus was stuck in a dirty, filthy place trying wow. to mend. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I well, got that. that another, you... yeah, another picture of walking by faith yes. where you can trust the Lord even when it doesn't look like what you expect it to look yeah. like. Like I'm not being helpful. Like you, yeah. like you guys were saying earlier, gosh, you could even go into like Job with that, you yeah. know, as far mm -hmm. as like sickness. Is this the will of God? You know, but also <laughs> then, the perspective of Paul that yeah. mercy. That's is that what, what you're going to say? Go for it. Yep. It's just that God knew how much he could take, and God was so merciful yes. that he knew yeah. he couldn't take that if he were to die. And so he was merciful to the needs of Paul, and that he cares about what we care about. He cared that Epaphroditus was important to him, and he healed. I think mm -hmm. he healed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So out of his love and care. Mm -hmm. Love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Any um, takeaways? Yeah, this was this really stood out to me, and it, it ties in with what you were saying about Timothy earlier. Um, and I've never really thought of this before, probably because I've never gone that in depth with these verses. I mean, let's be mm -hmm. honest; these are like when when Paul starts talking about the people in his life, you're like, oh, okay, like yeah, this is sweet, a little personal. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, wow, uh, Paul didn't get possessive of Epaphroditus. 
Um, you know, I was thinking like with Philemon when he wrote to Onesimus, or sorry, when he wrote to Philemon about Onesimus, and he said, I was you know, about that too. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. He wanted to keep Onesimus with uh -huh. him, but he knew, you know, what the right thing to do is to send him back to Philemon. And I was just thinking, you know, it's hard not to get possessive, possessive, and especially if you're in a situation like Paul, like you know, like we've been saying, you're in prison, you're yeah. alone. It's like, please don't leave me. That would be a totally natural reaction to want to just keep him there and to have that comfort of just even just another person. I don't care if you're sick and dying. I want you to be here with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just to, the willingness to uh, let him go, and and I just that really spoke to me. I really liked that thought of just not being possessive. Um, or it, you know, clinging to people. Um, Isabel Kuhn uh, talks about that in one of her biographies. I think it's in the arena, or by search. I think it's in the arena. And she talks about when she, when she was on the mission field, there was this season where the Lord kind of, she realized that the Lord was systematically taking everybody, all the props out of her life. Mm. You know, like um, her right hand in the ministry. I think she got married and moved away. There was a, a, a real close friend back home that they were in contact with. Suddenly she just dropped off the map and wasn't writing anymore. There was somebody else. And then her husband, John, was gone for months, almost maybe even over a year. He was called away and it was in the middle of the war, I think World War II. So there's just this season where she realized God was pulling all the props away. And what mm. she realized was, uh, that she had what she called inordinate affections and that she needed to, or uh, uncrucified love. That was the other term that she used. Like, you know, clinging to these people and the Lord was saying, you know, gently, I have to pull these things out for this season because you need to mm. cling to me alone and rely on me and not on people. And I was like, wow, that's just such a good, I don't know. I, I just saw, saw that here. Like, wow, Paul, you know, was willing to let him go even though that was a hard, I'm sure it was a hard thing. Mm. So, And you know, that's something like that we experienced mm. in England and even I think any place you are. Yep. It's so hard and sometimes what you want to do is not love people and not invest and not be as close because you know that at some point, someplace, yeah. I think that's what Tim Keller says in one of his books, that you know that when you get married, at some point you're going to be parted from that person. Yeah. Mm. And there is that temptation not to invest not to love so much, yeah. knowing. But Epaphroditus also carried the letter of the Philippians. Mm. And he's taking it back to the Philippians, this word, this encouraging, joyful mm -hmm. word from Paul. Mm. Um, but I, I put, um, I, I thought about Paul having sorrow upon sorrow, and mm -hmm. I was thinking about the, it is well with my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll. And there are those times where it just comes in waves. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul you can only describe sorrow upon sorrow if you've had it before. Mm -hmm. So he True. knew what sorrow was like. And so he prayed for Epaphroditus and again, the humanity of Paul. But he was so invested. He was mm. so invested in Epaphroditus because if you're not invested, if you don't care, you don't have that kind of sorrow. Right. But Paul did not keep himself from investing and caring. Yeah. I mean, to have that kind of love Mm -hmm. for others. I mean, that's just such mm -hmm. an example, you know? Which is that shepherd's example mm -hmm. again, too. Not yeah. just a hireling that's like a mercenary doing it for the paycheck or doing it because they were told to do it, but right. really out of genuine love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that verse where he says, even though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved? It's like, like Corinthians. That Corinthians. abandoned, yeah. yeah, like it's okay even if it's not reciprocated, mm -hmm. I'm gonna invest fully, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, and then and, I love too that they said, I've sent him back because I want you to have joy. Mm -hmm. I want you to have joy. And I know that you love Epaphroditus mm -hmm. and you invested all this. And so when he returns, I want you to have joy. You know, Paul could have, as you said, kept him and sent Timothy. Mm 
and kept Epaphroditus. But he was sending Epaphroditus not only for the the sake of uh, Epaphroditus, but, you know, to get healthy, to be with his own home and his own bed. But he's sending it because the Philippians would have joy Mm. seeing Epaphroditus that he was safe and he you know, could say, I'm safe, I'm Mm -hmm. here, I'm back. And I think, too, it's a picture of God's faithfulness that he gets to physically go back and show the Philippians, look, God was faithful to me. And it made me think of that when a craftsman is refining gold in the fire. He doesn't take his eye off of it for even a second, but he's watching every second to make sure it has just enough heat to get the impurities out, but not so much that it burns it and ruins it. And like that verse in 1 Peter where it says, you know, faith is more precious when it's tested by fire. It's like True. that faith becomes precious mm-hmm. by being tested by the fire. Mm-hmm. And so here Epaphroditus has been tested by fire yeah. and he's going yeah. back to Philippi and, to encourage them. And that's such an important point though because you there's um, George Mueller mm-hmm. who had the orphanages in Bristol. He said faith is not learned in comfortable places mm-hmm. or comfortable circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you know the fodder right. of faith is difficulty it's dilemmas, mm, right. it's dangers. Yeah. This is where we learn faith. It's in the storms of life mm-hmm. that we say, Lord, if that's really you, mm-hmm. tell me to get out of this ship and walk to you. Mm-hmm. That's where faith comes. Right. Instead of, you know, we want it in the comfortable places. We don't ever want to have to exercise yeah. it. And yeah. Yeah. I was reading this thing lately about um, faith being like a, um, a gem, where you go, and they said one of the ways to get stronger is to weaken your muscles. Like you go with your muscles, I'm doing my two pound weights right here, until- Like muscle exhaustion? Until muscle exhaustion or fatigue, mm-hmm. muscle uh-huh. fatigue. And what feels like fatigue oh, is actually strengthening your muscles uh-huh. to endure more. So you can hmm. go to the three pound weights any day now, <laughs> three pound weights. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. We don't realize that that's actually how we're getting stronger. Mm. And that's what faith is. Mm-hmm. Faith is like taking you all the way to the fatigue. Like, Lord, I don't know, this is yeah. hard. Mm. But the more that we're stretched and right. the more that we do those reps, yeah. the, the stronger our faith faith is getting. Which yes. we're going to get there in the next chapter, but I always love that verse of pressing forward, yes. forgetting the things that are mm-hmm. behind and mm-hmm. pressing forward. And so it's just like doing that next thing that God calls us to do. And that's a really good thing for getting mm-hmm. everyone ready to do chapter three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With their appetites. Yeah. Good job. Right. Let's <laughs> look at day six, verses 29 and 30. Angie, would you read this? Sure. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. So here he's wrapping it up, Mm -hmm. kind of recapping the things we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So how were the Philippians to receive um, Epaphroditus and hold such men? I love the word welcome. Sometimes I just like Mm. to camp on a word like that. Like, what is it to welcome? And it actually means to bring someone into your heart. Mm. And so it's hospitality in your heart. You know, not just in your home, but hospitality in your heart. Like, welcome him. There is something so encouraging when someone's glad you came. Like, you walk in the door and they're like, oh, you came. You're like, you love me. You want me. I'm so excited. Because, you know, when you come to a place and people are like, oh. When I was a kid, my mom would always insist on bringing me. Mm-hmm. And to dinner, to wherever, and the people would always be like, oh. You brought a child? You brought your daughter. Uh, 
Oh, no, we can, we can make room for her. We'll find a chair. I think there's a place in the kitchen. And I always felt like the fifth wheel, because everyone was so excited to see Chuck Smith, so excited to see Kay Smith, and then here's their appendage, like, oh, <laughs> you know, she's just like, hi, I'm hyperactive. And it's like, it was, it was just like always feeling like the unwelcome thing. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, welcome them. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody would be so glad mm-hmm. that you're there. It just Good. changes it changes the whole experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, something too is that's the word that's in the CSB. In the New King James, it says receive. So it's so good to read other translations so you get a fuller yeah. picture of what it means. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Receive, welcome, yeah. or take them into your yeah, heart. Yeah, that's like so just good. And then the, the, the NLT uses the word Christian love. So mm. like receiving them with Christian love. That's good. Well, no, and I did the same thing, but with the word esteem, like looking that up and, uh-huh. and the Greek word entimos, which means like to hold them dear and value them highly. And I just thought, man, that's, yeah, that was so cool. And, you know, really, because uh, Cheryl kind of mentioned this, but we always talk about what we're doing on the podcast. We're giving you guys all, you know, sneak peeks here off at this. But we um, were talking to Leona Carney yesterday. We did a little interview with her for the podcast eventually that'll air. But uh, just Cheryl was talking even before that about, you know, esteeming those highly that are just laying it all down. And that's Leona. I mean, she's just out there really fully surrendered. Like, Lord, where do you want me next? What do you want me to do? And she's, what did she say? 76 or 78? And she's just vibrant, just out there. Like she's out here. She is? Leona's here? Yes. Leona's right there. I didn't know. I don't look out there. Sorry. Anyway, I'm just looking at the camera. Yay. But esteeming her, we're esteeming you highly right now. All right, valuing you. Because she does, she just, you know, is and appreciating what they do and appreciating that contribution. And maybe not saying their age. (laughs) She did. She did it on the podcast. So I felt like I was at liberty to say that. Except for I think you added two years to her life. Sorry. Well, anyway, just keeping it real up here. But you know, just I don't know. That's right. Jasmine's forty-eight. Just no. I'm. Wait a minute. Hey. No, but I just I love that, and I'm actually gonna because I'm talking about this, and I better just keep going now and talk about something else. But this was my my what I had at the end there. Esteeming the things that yeah, and I'll come back to something else I thought of. But um, esteeming the things that God esteems, and that's like one reason. That's a big reason why I love teaching church history and missionary biographies is helping the students to esteem and appreciate the things that really have value, eternal weight, eternal purpose, you know, and and really holding those things dear because the world values, uh, you know, beauty and intelligence and wealth and power and all of that. God doesn't value any of those things. You know, he, I mean, these people that he highly esteems were not famous, um, you know, not sought after or glamorous or powerful. Um, and so just to have that paradigm shift, I feel like it's so important. But we were saying too on the podcast about esteeming them why they live. Yeah. Because we yeah. often just do it yeah, after they're- the dead guys. The yeah. dead guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon, the dead guy. But <laughs> one of the things I love is the mission stay here at Calvary. When the, when the uh, missionaries walk down with the flags, gosh, I'm going to do yeah. it now. But then when they walk down the oh, aisle I with their cry. flags, yep. 
Oh, I stop and I clap. I give them a standing ovation yeah. because these are people that aren't known outside mm. these walls. Yeah. No and way. yet they're doing it all for Jesus. And I think about Betchy, who's serving mm. up in you know the Philippines in these mountains, and there's all sorts of dangers right now with COVID and yeah. with marauders. And um, in fact, she had the sewing clutch. They put like these little labels on the clothes yeah. so the children can by, be identified mm-hmm. because they have to watch them. out for sex traffickers. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she's working against all these people. She's one single woman whose husband left her. Mm-hmm. And she's doing all this for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And how many people even know the name Betchy? Mm-hmm. And I just think about these people that we are to honor them in our heart yeah. and to love them, yeah. to pray for them. I mean, what a thing to pray for our missionaries. Yes. Yeah. Just and, to pray for them because they feel okay. it. And that's okay. We're mm-hmm. not worshiping them. Like, no. ooh. But to honor, that's okay to honor yeah. and just really be like, wow, I value you know, and, what you're doing for the Lord. Yeah, totally. Sorry. And my takeaway with this was just that, you know, here you see Paul was a miracle worker and did all of these big things or was out in front teaching and preaching or, you know, some of the other, like Apollos was out there in front mm. preaching and teaching. But to me, it just showed that, again, that whole body of Christ that we need every part. And so Epaphroditus and Timothy, they were the quieter ones. They were the faithful ministers, just like these missionaries have been talking about and how important that role is, that role is essential and that God mm. has a calling for each of our lives and we need to walk in that calling even if it's not something that's out in public like our moms in prayer group meets here at eight o'clock 8 15 in the morning and prays nobody sees them nobody knows they're there and they're doing this amazing work we're coming here at 9 30 and praying mm-hmm. prayer is that secret service in yeah. serving the Lord and how valuable and important and it's this work that you know God uses radically and that's how these guys were they weren't seen but their um, their role of faithfulness was just as important yeah. Yeah. I was thinking though too about Kelly Arroyo who's right now in yes. the Bahamas mm. and you know she went to Italy yeah. and then she went to Lebanon yeah, and I was thinking COVID. about how she's helping the doctors and nurses cope with COVID at the risk of her own life uh-huh You know, I mean, it would be so easy for her to get COVID because she's under this, they've got strong cases there Mm -hmm. and full exposure. And she's been working nights. We were talking to her husband that, you know, and when you work the night shift, you lower your immunities. But she's willing to go and to serve. And when you serve, you go underneath that authority. So Mm -hmm. she's, when she went, they're telling her what shift she has. And she didn't say, no, no, I do better with mornings. She took, the lowest position of working these night shifts. And I was thinking, those are the type of people to hold in high Mm -hmm. esteem, Mm -hmm. to welcome them into your heart, to to pray for them, to think about them, to be mindful Mm -hmm. of them. Another person I was thinking of is our friend Kathy Gilbert. She just went back to the East Coast with Margaret and they did what they could do. They went and ministered Mm -hmm. to little churches. And so here, you know, they weren't like, doing anything spectacular that people were hearing about, but they were going in and they were loving these people that are serving the Lord and ministering to them and just being there, being a listening ear and an encouragement. And like, what a blessing that is. Yeah, yeah. Even just like other people behind the scenes, I'm thinking of like, you know, Austin and Emerald and all these guys that Josh, that all come and set everything up. They have to do all of the, you know, not just this, but... All the services, okay, everything. Like Emerald works like five jobs. Yeah, oh, I Emerald's mean Emerald's crazy. like just amazing. So we're yeah. giving her a shout out. If she crazy, can. wonderful. <laughs> we're esteeming you highly, Emerald. Yeah, yes. yes. don't cut off the cameras. Yeah. Crazy, wonderful. <laughs> Jasmine yeah. didn't mean crazy, crazy. Well, oh, Any yeah, other no. takeaways from this day before we close? I, I did, and Jasmine's yeah. gonna love this. Oh. I was thinking about in Christianity, 
we have our own heroes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That are unknown to the world. And they don't become known because they are on film mm. pretending to be another person or by mm. seizing power or by making a lot of money or hoarding a lot of supplies or goods. But because of their love for Christ, their sacrificial service, their godliness. Mm. And these are the ones that we are to make known. Yeah. We are to make known. We are to welcome, because Paul made Epaphroditus known. Mm -hmm. He said, this is who he is. Right. He made Timothy known, this yeah, is who he is. Yeah. This is what he's done. And he wrote their names down and put it in a letter. And I, we are to make them known. We are to welcome, honor, and rejoice over them. Mm -hmm. So that was my takeaway. Amen. So good. Anything no, else to sweet. add before we close? Okay. That nailed it. All right. <laughs> well, um, just to remind you to check out their podcast. If you haven't already, yeah. the podcast app, if you download that, then you can just look for Women Worth Knowing. And we also have Cheryl Broderson as another podcast, and we replay our Mark challenges on there, other studies that Cheryl has done, and I believe this one is going on there. So podcasts are such an awesome way to just get God's word in us. This is like putting on the mind of Christ by listening to podcasts. And um, follow us on social media, CCCM Women, and uh, let's go ahead. Yes, and write to us at women at CCCM.com, your Christmas tradition traditions, your Christmas stories. We want to hear all about oh, we'll it. get one from a grandma, right? Oh, or that's a, a good mom, idea or like too. if you have a neighbor, someone who has one, maybe ask them. You can send in, um, like see who can send in the most. There you go. <laughs> okay, Jasmine, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. <laughs> oh, Lord, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. And I'm just reminded with this section how living and active your word is, God. This might be a passage where, you know, you could kind of skip it over it, like, oh, it's just about this Epaphroditus guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's so much, Lord. There's, if we stop to, like, just ponder and consider, meditate on your word, Lord, you can speak to us through any part of it. And I thank you so much for how you bring it to life. And, um, Lord, we do just want to... We want to take a minute. I just want to take a second and thank you for all those that are serving you, Lord, yes, wholeheartedly Lord. without yes. seeking reward. Yes. They're not trying yes. to do it to be known, Lord. They're just out there um, wanting to, not on the mission field and at home, wherever they are, maybe in the hospitals right now, just wanting to do this unto you, Lord, as uh, pouring out their lives, Lord, on the, on the altar to you. Um, God, would you just um, bless them, Lord, and minister to them, show them, Lord, that you see and you know, and bring people along to encourage and, and esteem them, Lord, for what, for what they're doing in you, Lord. That's part of the body, too, Lord. May we be an encouragement and a blessing to one another, building one another up. There's such a tearing down in our culture right now, Lord. And so we wanna be those that build up, that edify, that esteem one another uh, for the work's sake, for the gospel's sake, Lord Jesus. And so show us how we can do that for one another, looking not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that when we do that, we're blessed more. I need to remember that, Lord. We're blessed when we have our eyes off of ourselves. And so would you just uh, work those things into us? Thank you, Lord, that it's not by might or by power, it's by your Holy Spirit moving naturally and speaking and working through us. So we love you, Lord. We thank you so much. Uh, go before each one this weekend, Lord. We pray for divine appointments and opportunities for us to uh, minister, Lord, and to uh, just have a sensitivity to your spirit and your leading uh, in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.